0: This is Daniel Fagelli. You're listening to the AI in Business podcast. There are a lot of critical perspectives when it comes to understanding the return on investment of AI in the enterprise. We need to speak with the vendors because we need to understand future trends and use cases and where the technology is driving value. We need to speak with AI leaders within large enterprise firms because they know where they're spending. They know where their attention is going. They know what they've wrestled with to bring AI to life we also need to speak with the service providers, the folks that are helping these enterprise companies get to the next level and seeing time after time, similar hurdles, similar stories of success and similar stories of failure. And our guest this week is someone who has had a lot of those experiences within some very large companies. Brian L. Keith is actually a research advisor here at Emerge Artificial Intelligence Research. And he's also the federal Azure data and AI leader for Microsoft based in Washington, D.C., so a rather lofty role with a rather well-known firm in the artificial intelligence space. He previously spent 20 years, nearly 21 years, a senior director partner for IBM Data and AI North America, focusing again in the federal space. We speak with Brian this week about some of the core challenges to overcome when large companies adopt artificial intelligence. And Brian brings up a lens that I think is very interesting to look through, and that is the lens of technical debt. A lot of AI projects Spin up a new corpus of data, spin up a new instance on AWS or whatever the case may be in order to test some random pilot. And we end up building more technical debt than we do end up building a new foundation for AI to blossom and bloom into the future. Brian talks about his perspective on how enterprise AI maturity develops and how we can do that while building as little technical debt as possible. That is to say, investing in projects that not only can deliver an ROI, but can set us up for more success in the future. There's way more ways to do this wrong than right. And Brian has a tremendous wealth of experience he's able to share in this episode. So we're happy to have him with us. And we're also happy to have him as a listener and reader here at Emerge. In fact, one of our latest Catalyst members, our Catalyst program is a program where we coach AI services and AI consulting company founders one-to-one on helping to start and grow their businesses and go to market with success. One of our most recent Catalyst members actually was in touch with Brian before joining and got enough of a kind word to decide to hop in with us. So I'm grateful to Brian for that, and I'm grateful to Brian for making the time to share his insights on this podcast. If you want to learn more about that Catalyst program, you can go to emerj.com catalyst and learn more about our work with ai consulting and sales leaders if you need to frame the roi case for the enterprise or for small or mid-sized businesses if you need to go to market successfully with ai services you might want to check out emerge.com catalyst and final note because i made a big bit of noise about it last week we've just launched our ai consulting podcast So Brian's insights are very prescient for this show, the AI and Business Podcast, but if you are looking to start an AI consultancy one day, or if you are in the consulting and services field and you want to add AI services to what you do, go to Emerge.com, E-M-E-R-J.com slash pod2, P-O-D-2, and you can learn more about our AI consulting podcast completely free. We launched with, I think it was eight episodes in the first week, including the head of AI at Cognizant, some other excellent names to hear people's stories about how they started and grew AI consulting companies. So if you want to succeed in that space, then be sure to subscribe to that show. Otherwise, I hope you get a lot of insights out of this episode. This is Brian L. Keith with Microsoft here on the AI and Business Podcast. So Brian, I'm glad to have you with us because I know you've seen a lot of complex AI deployments Up close and personal in uh, the public sector space and the private sector space. And you and I had talked off microphone about a very interesting topic, which is the technical debt that can come up and really halt uh, AI efforts within the enterprise. Do you mind first just touching on what that means in the context of AI? What is this special kind of AI technical debt?
1: Yeah, thanks, Dan. I mean, there are many different types of technical debt, but the one that we're going to focus on today are two challenges. That typically AI leaders run into as they're starting their AI journey. And the one that I've seen that's most common is an AI leader gets the job, they're motivated, they're, you know, they're ready to get the organization started uh, on the AI journey as quickly as possible. They pull together some data scientists in the organization or hire some data scientists, and they start building and developing algorithms, and machine learning capability. And what happens is they end up creating some data science projects and experiments that really are great demos, but they're not something you can actually put into production. And so we end up with this um, AI capability that's not aligned to uh, the mission or the business strategy of the organization. You have a small group of people with the knowledge. So you're not scaling that knowledge across the organization. And you end up with building technical debt uh, that you can't actually overcome to get that capability into production. The second most common challenge I see around technical debt from an AI leader is this was a different approach. The AI leader gets the AI literacy and gets the appropriate people trained, they come together, they understand the strategic intent, the strategic mission of the organization, and then they decide on what use cases to actually work on. And they have a tendency to pick a use case that's cool, a use case they've actually read on the internet, or they've heard of another company or organization has done that particular use case, and they start off on their journey. The problem is when they get about 60 or 70% down that path, they start running into data issues or infrastructure issues or security issues. And the whole effort comes to a halt because the gap they have to cross to get into production, the technical debt is so deep. It outweighs the value from that use case. So those are really the two types of challenges I've seen with AI leaders, you know, starting their AI journey.
0: Got it. Okay, cool. So maybe we can poke into both of those, Brian. This will be a good start for us here. The first one, and tell me if I'm nutshelling this correctly. I I like to try to distill things for the listeners at home and also make sure I'm following you correctly. The first is we're just outright selecting something that's kind of disjointed from company goals, what we're actually striving for, what we should really be working towards. And there's really no pathway to turn this into something we can make productive. The other sounds like it could be a great opportunity, a great idea, maybe maybe a use case that's been validated elsewhere. And so we've got a little bit more intelligence up front there. But the considerations around, you know, legal or around compliance or around, you know, the data itself don't hit us until we're later on down the line. And then we realize we actually can't take this thing all the way for one of those different reasons. Is that a correct assessment or would you reword that? A
1: bit? Uh, no, that's exactly right, Dan. Uh, you know, that was well said.
0: Okay. Cool. Okay. So, so maybe we'll talk about, The first one here, I'm trying to imagine in my mind, you know, what is this kind of technical debt that we are talking about? I guess, you know, my imagination leads me in the following direction, Brian. I would love your your correction or your additional detail here. But when you say technical debt for maybe picking an, an improper project, I think about, you know, maybe some credit union out in the Midwest who doesn't necessarily even have their customer service processes all that well digitized or even have that much business intelligence on those processes but decides they want to go off and build a chatbot. You know, the the classic kind of whiz-bang AI project. I saw it on Twitter. You know, I saw a Forbes article about it. Let's go spend a half a million dollars or talk to vendors and see who makes the biggest promise. And we end up kind of maybe building some kind of a data lake to pull in the the customer service data. We go through some efforts to actually clean that stuff. We build kind of this whole little side machine to the business that that involves like, like a new pool of data organized in a new way maybe with even new kinds of access via APIs, and they, they plug into this new kind of system that's sort of isolated, weird, clunky, and it's just going to be hanging off the side and weighing down the business because we can't actually use it. And, and not only can we not use it for what we intended, we can't use it for any other services as well. Is this what you meant by technical debt? Maybe you could put a bit more color on it.
1: No, that, that's exactly it. Because you know, you know, technical debt is when, you, you know it's a software development term that when you take shortcuts you create this cost of additional re- rework that you have to overcome to get some capability or functionality so you're exactly right so what you just ex- ex- explained is a situation where you've created this ai capability that's isolated doesn't scale doesn't you know doesn't really allow you to leverage the ai capability you built across the multiple channels that you need to get to your clients, both internal and external to your organization.
0: So so this technical debt would mean, you know, we're building a little sandbox environment and, you know, new ways of accessing, maybe new ways of organizing data, uh, new new systems, but it's for one bespoke, unproven, kind of somewhat randomly selected project, and none of that work can be used for anything else. So it, it just kind of sits in, in some level of, of isolation. Is this does this sound about right?
1: That sounds exactly right.
0: Okay, got it. And so, yeah, clearly some big downsides there. And I know we're going to talk about avoiding this because you know you've seen both the good and the bad. I think you were with IBM for twenty one years or something crazy <laughs> like that, working on AI projects. So that there's uh, a lot of experience. I want to start getting to today, but the, just to clarify, the second kind of technical debt. You know, you you mentioned these issues we can run up against, and it, it felt to me like maybe you know you, you mentioned legal, you mentioned the data itself, you mentioned kind of limitations. What are examples of what that actually kind of looks like? Again, I can imagine it, but I'd rather hear it from you. Let's think about somebody who who selected the right project. You know, maybe even they went about it in kind of the right way in terms of, you know, initial steps, but nonetheless, they end up accruing this technical debt later on. Can you maybe walk us through a hypothetical?
1: Right. So you, you have an example that, you know, data typically ends up being the derailer in these type of situations where as they start the project off and they start to collect the you know the data, you know, in a data lake or you know in a repository, they start running into issues of security and the ability to actually get proper access to that data, proper access to actually refresh that data, uh, because typically you have silos within an organization that really need to be worked out. You know, prior to you even selecting that use case, and and really a saying that you know we always said is right. You don't have AI without IA, and and that's really important because you need to have data, a, a continuous stream of data to not only you know test and train your machine learning models, but once you deploy into production you have to continue to manage and monitor them and you got to have data continuously and i would say that was the number one derailer in terms of being able to you know properly deploy an ai project
0: and when you talk about technical debt is it the same kind of thing where we get 3 quarters of the way through a project we've built all of this new you know these new elements of ai maturity you know we've we've again we've we've uh, carved out some data we're treating it differently we're storing it differently Uh, we're hooking into core systems across the business in whatever way, maybe it's a fraud application, maybe it's for lending or underwriting, you know, whatever, whatever the use case is. And now because we run into this kind of data hindrance for whatever reason, or maybe a legal hindrance, because we didn't think through something on the front end. Now we've got a bunch of work that we're going to have a really hard time ever repurposing or making anything happen with. And we either, you know, scrap the whole thing, or we just kind of, let it sit there and be be more of a nuisance and hope we can use it later is, is that again what you kind of implied by that that second kind of technical debt
1: yeah that's exactly it and okay. typically in those cases the you know the technical debt outweighs the value that you're going to get out of the use case because you just didn't think through all the steps ahead of time
0: yeah 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 and thinking through is indeed where we're going to start to bring ourselves here in terms of kind of preventing these issues, I think that you know this this topic of technical debt. We've never really, I don't think, certainly, dressed an entire podcast about it. But I think it's often not even framed this way. It's just framed as a failed project. But you're almost bringing it up, and I don't, I don't think it's intentional. Maybe, but you're almost bringing it up in a way that's even, even more poignant than saying a failed project. You're also saying that there's some kind of nuclear fallout that goes beyond the failure to kind of a greater annoyance and aggregate drag down of the business in general. It, it almost feels like a, kind of this technical debt almost feels like an additional risk of going about things the wrong the wrong way. I don't mean to be a pessimist, but it, it almost feels that way based on how we're wording it.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly right, because you, you need to be aware of the, the drag that this technical debt can have on your resources, on your compute resources, on your time, and this your overall organizational confidence in AI it really does, you know, have an impact to your organization. You know, if you don't start your AI journey the correct way and you run into these derailments around technical debt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And obviously there's a, there's a hundred other things that can snag you, but technical debt is, is, you know, one of the potential consequences of going about it the wrong way. And as, as you and I both know, Brian, you know, one of the unfortunate things about early AI projects is that we can either get people kind of excited about moving forward and building this new maturity and thinking about this in a new way, or we can make everybody a little bit spooked, a little bit disappointed, a little bit let down, and it feels like technical debt can serve to put some heavy weights on that latter category there of really kind of creating an, an ecosystem where maybe we, we lose some of the confidence, certainly we lose some of the budgets to to drive these, you know, these projects into the future. So for those reasons and more, getting things right off the bat is pretty darn important. You know, we've had all kinds of folks on the show, Brian, you know, head of AI, Slack, uh, head of AI, you know, head of core machine learning at Facebook and other cutting edge companies. That's a bit of a different environment than the enterprise. These are folks with with AI in their DNA, and it's really important to learn from them. It's important to learn from the genuine innovators who are, you know, have this stuff down pat and really can speak to, uh, you know, how things should be done. But there's also something to be said of hard-won experience, seeing real enterprises Wrestle through the challenges and make this stuff work. When it comes to avoiding technical debt, let's talk through maybe some of your biggest bits of advice for not running into these hurdles we've been talking about.
1: Yes, you know, certainly. And one of the, the first things when I talk to you know a customer that's starting their AI journey, I encourage them to think big but start small. Because in order to grow big in AI, you have to grow small. And so I typically really give them five, you know, pieces of advice. Number one, start with AI literacy. I mean, get your leaders, get your SMEs and analysts, your data scientists and engineers, you know, trained and educated, you know, around AI, because that's going to be very important as you start your journey uh, to make sure that, you know, you're really able to think through how you can actually leverage AI for your organization. And then this is where I encourage the leader to think big. Explore the multiple business and mission use cases that align to your strategic intent and strategy, and how can you provide business and mission impact to that strategy? And that's really important because that's going to give you some uh, use cases that the stakeholders are going to get excited about as well. And number three is a, a really important step that gets skipped, and that is, You have to assess feasibility of the use cases that you've chosen. And this is where you bring in that the individuals who in the organization who have the understanding of how to push technology into production because they can help you work through your data risk, your operational limitations, change management computational capacity of the target environment, security, privacy, even looking at things like you know, cognitive bias to make sure that the data that you're getting actually is going to be data that's going to be fair and equitable you know, to everybody that's, that's using the data. And what that will do is that will drive use cases to the top that you can actually know, push into production because that's the most important thing here is picking a use case that you can get into production. And then number four, this is where I say think small. You take that use case that you selected, then you want to unpack that use case and, and look at the capabilities within that use case and select a capability that you can get production ready in six to eight weeks. And that's important because it's a quick, it gets you to a quick win, it gets you through... Uh, That AI production cycle, uh, it primes the pump and it gets you some capability that you can get a win, build your AI confidence, and get something in production. And then, number five, you do a retrospective. You look at the wins, you look at the learns. And at the beginning, there's going to be a lot more learns than wins. But what you have then is a capability that you can start to monitor and manage in production you get feedback into selecting the next capability and then you keep cranking that AI crank and adding capability more efficiently until you've built up an AI capability and, and you can start to look at yourself as an AI powered organization.
0: Yeah. Well I and, and I, I well I like the idea of thinking about it through uh you know rational set of steps as well. Tell me if I if I have this jotted down right. you you, you talked about kind of getting fluent, getting educated, you talked about looking at use cases, then thinking big, then thinking small, and then having a retrospective. Did I did I have those five written down right as you were going?
1: Yeah, that's exactly it.
0: Okay, great. You know, And, and this brings us to some pretty important points here because we're doing a lot more writing about the importance of first projects. There's, there's a lot of ways that we can turn a first project into useless technical debt, or even a first project into kind of an interesting toy. Even if it does add some value, it's kind of a, a bit of a dead end in terms of broader transformation. Then there's a way that we can start to, at a a whole company level, start to build the confidence and expand the capabilities and kind of a roadmap like you're talking about to become sort of an AI-powered and and data-driven organization. And and so project selection is so, so, so important. And I I would 1,000% agree uh, that it starts with education. I mean, our our main theory here at Emerge is that executive AI fluency is sort of the linchpin between well-spent and not well-spent money. Uh, on artificial intelligence. It's not how many PhDs from Carnegie Mellon you have, uh, you know, in, in your building or, or now, I guess, working at home. So when it comes to where to get educated, you know, where, where do people kind of go out into the world to sort of pick up on knowledge? I think people are probably wondering, well, you know, what kind of education do I need? Do I need to know how to code, Brian? You know, blah, 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 you know, they're probably wondering what what those gaps actually are, what you mean by that term. What is educated and where do people head off
1: to get those learnings in? And I think when you look at education, I mean, you really have to break it down into, you know, different cohorts because your, your executives, your AI leaders are going to need edu- you know, education at, at the one, you know, like say level one or level two level, just to make sure that they understand the, the basic terminology. They understand, you know, how to select a use case, how to leverage, you know, AI in business. And then you, your second quarter is going to get in your SMEs and analysts, and they are really the big users. I mean, they, they have all the knowledge of the organization. And this is the group you typically hear called as your citizen data scientists. This is a group that are going to be your biggest group, your biggest user of the AI capability. So they're critical that they start to get that level two and level three you know, type of uh expertise and training. And then you have your data scientists and your all your engineers. And obviously those are the people that you want at the four or five level uh, in order to implement and help manage and, and monitor uh, this capability as you're starting to grow it in your you know in your in your organization. And and you know and I'm I'm not going to call out names, but there's several you know different uh you know, you know organizations that are out there that you can you know find that can provide uh, you know, education at those levels. I, I would just encourage you to build cohorts and and educate them at the appropriate level with the appropriate uh, knowledge and training, and then bring them together to start doing. You know, your use case selection. Uh, you know, in, as part of your you know your AI journey.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I I, uh, I also like the idea of thinking big before thinking small because I think it takes us away from. Just asking, what can we do with AI? Just plug it in anywhere, and instead we ask, what can we do with AI that actually leads us in the direction of a broader transformation? Um, are there any tips you have for that? I figured this might be kind of a neat point to to wrap up on. I'm a massive advocate of always putting an emphasis on the strategic value of AI and, and the long term, in addition to the short term. Short term, take it for granted. Every executive is going to say, "What's it going to cost? What am I going to make?" Okay. Everybody's going to put pressure on that, as we should. Let's go ahead and do so. But bearing in mind, kind of the bigger picture, what we're building towards. This is an investment. This is a new way of working. We've got to think about it that way. What do you like to to talk to folks about in terms of questions or prompts or ways of thinking to get them in that thinking big mode, Brian? Any any tips from your years of experience
1: here? And and I I would really say that the the one thing that I would recommend to an AI leader is ask them right. You know what is your you know hardest process what is your most you know human intensive process that leverages a lot of data because the processes that leverage a lot of data that's where AI shines and and those are the areas where you can push that you know that workload to an AI algorithm and free up. You know your human expertise to do what humans do better. So I, you know, I usually tell them to you know what processes are really heavily data driven, and what you know what processes can you actually you know, you know have the capability to push into production because those are cute. Those are the two you know, important aspects of a strong use cases. Not only you know, it's tied obviously to to the vision of the. You know digital transformation but you have the data and you have the capability to put that and push that capability into production
0: big time yeah and i think your your order of looking at use cases first is really important there because when we when we ask people to think big picture and think about those data-driven processes within their business We could think about that from a strange kind of hypothetical standpoint if we're not data scientists and just subject matter experts. But it's much easier to do that after we've looked through a bunch of representative use cases in our industry and in adjacent industries, because then we can kind of connect the dots as to what a data driven process is in the first place. So it sounds like for you, having those references is also kind of important part of getting started.
1: Yeah, I agree 100 percent. Big time,
0: cool. Well, I think there's a lot of meat here for those of you who are tuned in. Again, there's a lot of topics to cover on this show. Uh, You know, we've got individual use cases. We've got best practices from cutting edge teams in Silicon Valley that we can try to apply to our other business, and then there's also just the nitty gritty nuts and bolts advice of getting an enterprise team up and running who might be new to AI, but they do not want to fail and they don't want to build technical debt. And Brian, I think you've done a great job of knocking that topic out of the park. I also appreciate, I want to give a big shout out and say thank you so much for being a listener yourself. It's been cool to be connected to you and I appreciate you joining us here on the show.
1: My pleasure, Dan. Thank you.
0: So that's all for this episode of the AI and Business Podcast. A big thank you to Brian for being able to join us and a big thank you to you for listening all the way through to the end of this episode. If you've gotten a lot out of these episodes here on the Emerge AI and Business Podcast and you want to be able to support the show, it would mean the world if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes, what is now called Apple Podcasts. So if you find the AI and Business Podcast there, drop a review. Those reviews are some of the most important feedback that I and my team share amongst each other when it comes to molding and crafting our future episodes and delivering episodes that are more and more useful for you as the years go by. So again, please do, if you'd like to support the show, drop us a five-star review. It's just Apple Podcasts, AI in business. Uh, used to be called iTunes. So that would mean a lot to us. And otherwise, stay connected on social. Pretty easy to find at E-M-E-R-J on Twitter or Emerge Artificial Intelligence Research on LinkedIn or on Facebook, and you'll get all of our latest episodes, including our latest post here about Mr. Brian L. Keith, who joined us this week. So thanks again for listening in. appreciate having you as a listener, and look forward to catching you next week here on the AI and Business Podcast.